0: grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Leader Manager Coach, Rob Riles here. Very warm welcome if this is the first time that you've joined us. Now today I want to share with you four pieces of literature, four Real impactful things that have been shared with me over a number of years. I can't remember when exactly they were shared and some of these you may already know. But the reason I want to share them is because they have stayed with me and they've had such a a profound impact in terms of my thinking and... I honestly believe that within within these small but some of them very famous pieces of of literature pieces of writing pieces of wisdom whatever you want to call it are absolute gems of wisdom that if you're a leader if you're coaching young people particularly if you're coaching older people if you're managing in any way shape or form or, or directing leading setting examples and forging your own path on your own hero's journey as many of you will be who are listening to to this podcast then I want to share with these share these with you because they've had such a great a great impact on myself and I think they're wonderful and um, just wanted to share them and yes this this podcast about you know, professional sport in a way. It's about amateur sports. Also, it's about leadership. But I make no apologies for sharing some some spiritual, if you can call it that, or some, some wisdom, whatever you want to call it. But I wanted to share these with you, and um, I hope you can take something from them. Now, the first one is called The Bridge Builder. And I came across this in a somebody read it once and I heard it. So I went away and looked it up and then I managed to get hold of it in a, in a, in a copy of a book called the book of virtues, which is a beautiful volume. And if you can ever get hold of that, it's absolutely jam packed full of such fantastic stuff in, in little blocks and verses. It, it's wonderful stuff. This called the bridge builder and it was written by somebody called Will Allen Drumgoole. and apparently it was um, it was on a plaque in New Hampshire in the states, um, on a bridge that went over a stretch of water, and um, it has been 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 cited many times and uh, it's something that I just think is absolutely wonderful Um, apparently it first appeared up first appeared in print in about 1900 so I'm going to share this with you and then um, yeah go and look it up it's absolutely wonderful okay so it's called The Bridge Builder An old man going a lone highway came at the evening cold and grey to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The sullen stream had no fear for him, but he turned when safe on the other side and built a bridge to span the tide. ''Old man,'' said a fellow pilgrim near, ''you are wasting strength with building here. Your journey will end with the ending day. You never again will pass this way. You've crossed the chasm deep and wide. Why build you this bridge at the evening tide? The builder lifted his old grey head. Good friend, in the path I have come, he said, there followeth after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm that has been naught to me, to that fair-haired youth may a pitfall be he too must cross in the twilight dim good friend I am building this bridge for him now that may be the first time that you've heard that and I can recall the first time that I heard it and it kind of hit me real, real hard and I thought what a wonderful a wonderful little poem that is and um, you know, to me, it's like, it's like a, a revelation in terms of there you are and here you are on your journey and you come to a challenge and you obviously overcome that challenge because of your experiences or because of your wisdom or because of your education, your abilities, what you've achieved, what you've been given and what's the easiest thing to do is to keep marching on forward with the eyes focused forward and the gaze forward and onward and upward and in this poem this this man or this lady it's obviously a man in the poem but it could be a woman, female stops once they've endured something achieved something ticked something off overcome a challenge and turns and instead of thinking of their own journey instead of thinking of I must press on which is not a bad thing by the way and in this example I don't think that's even considered and I don't think it's a consideration anyway it's a story and this particular person begins after a thought process that obviously takes them down the road of, well, what I could do here is I could do something that would actually help somebody else to overcome what I have found to be maybe a a moderate challenge, but to people who come after me, it may be more of a challenge. So he takes time and builds a bridge and as he's building the bridge the other thing that occurs is there are people passers-by if you like or onlookers or well-wishers or do-gooders or people with opinions or the committee of they who actually past comment who take their mind off their own business and question somebody else's actions and the guy in question the man in question, the being in question has it all sorted out in his own head because he says what he says and he says look, I'm not doing this for me I'm doing it For people who will come after me and there are numerous lessons aren't there in this and and, and the lessons that are in this will be specific for you the ones that stand out the ones that stand out for me are that time when you stop and you think aha how can I help somebody else here or how can I serve or how can I create something that will actually facilitate or enable somebody else and take the time out. Maybe that's just, you know, sometimes they call it priming the pump. So sometimes if you're, it doesn't happen now, does it? But in previous times when people pumped water from a well, it used to take a while for the pump to become soaked with water or primed as it was called for the pump to work sufficiently or efficiently to allow the water to be drawn up now it was a practice to prime the pump for the next person so you know um often people would so that's like leaving something in a prepared state so that when the next person uses it they don't have to start all over again and it saves them a little bit of time and a little bit of effort um you know, that's, that's just something that, that's occurred. I mean, some, some of the, the greatest fun I've had was the, the few times in my life when I've gone over a toll bridge and you're in a queue in a car. And it doesn't happen very often because there's not many tolls these days, but I've gone in a toll, through a toll, and, and I've said to the guy when I've paid the gentleman through the car window, um, I'd like to pay for the next three cars behind because we're all, we're all together. So I've handed over the money and driven off. And, you know, the three people behind in the next cars are absolutely flabbergasted because they obviously don't know who you are. And it, it's almost like they'll, they'll go out the their way and drive as fast as they possibly can to try and catch you up to find out why you've done something. And, you know, that toll might have only cost you, a, you know, a real small amount of money. But it almost blows people away, the fact that you would actually do that. And it's not... It, <laughs> You know it, it's just kind of an experiment in in human behavior really but that's kind of what the bridge builder's is about and um you know you might think that the value for me the value is in for the person coming back the person who's coming second so the person walks over this bridge and um thinks nothing of it um may not even give give a second thought to actually the, the person who's actually built the bridge the anonymous person who's built the bridge um, so actually, is the value in in for really more for the person who's actually built the bridge um that that's how I see it and that's the thing that that hit me and um I kind of vowed from that day forward that one thing I would aim to do and please don't think that i've I've hit this on any consistent level, but would be to um aim to be a little bit broad minded and consider people who come after me and see how you can actually. Pave their way a little bit, Um, because that paving of the way may make life a little bit easier for them. And when they get home at night, it might be that they're in a slightly better mood because you spent the time doing something that actually made their life a little bit easier, took away a little bit of frustration. And you know, as they say, you don't know what the knock-on effects of doing that are. Um, You know, it's phenomenal. You might, you know, what that old story of um, when a butterfly's wings flutter in in Asia, what's what's the effect? in the uh the western hemisphere or the northern hemisphere or whatever you want to call it on the other side of the world um it's that kind of cause and effect so um yeah something to ponder on but um a great bit of philosophy for me that really hit me hard and um yeah the bridge builder and the second one i'd like to share with you so uh this one is called the cookie thief and uh I believe it's by a lady called Valerie Cox and when I heard this I thought it was absolutely great so let me just share this with you a woman was waiting at an airport one night with several long hours before her flight she hunted for a book in the airport shop bought a bag of cookies and found a place to drop she was engrossed in her book but happened to see that the man beside her as bold as could be grabbed a cookie or two from the bag between which she tried to ignore to avoid a scene she read munched cookies and watched the clock as the gutsy cookie thief diminished her stock she was getting more irritated as the minutes ticked by thinking if I wasn't so nice I'd blacken his eye with each cookie she took he took one too When only one was left she wondered what he'd do. With a smile on his face and a nervous laugh he took the last cookie and broke it in half. He offered her half as he ate the other. She snatched it from him and thought oh brother this guy has some nerve and he's also rude why he didn't even show any gratitude. She had never known when she had been so galled, and sighed with relief when her flight was called. She gathered her belongings and headed for the gate, refusing to look back at the thieving ingrate. She boarded the plane and sank in her seat, then sought her book, which was almost complete. As she reached in her bag, she gasped with surprise. There was her bag of cookies in front of her eyes. If mine are here, she moaned with despair, then the others were his, and he tried to share. Too late to apologise, she realised with grief that she was the rude one, the ingrate, the thief. Now I absolutely love that. Um, It's entertaining, and how many of you can see things in that that have ever occurred in your life? Oh, my days. I can consider the... Okay, let, let me just take you back to last week. I was engaged. Somebody told me something that didn't sit well with me. And I attempted to assess how I felt, assess what it meant... And take the time to make what I considered to be a response. So I gave a response. And the reaction from the person who told me what it was, was not good. And that person was particularly upset. um, Extremely so, if I may say. And their response you know, make no bones about it, upset me. And we were unable to communicate for a couple of days. And that was, that was a, that was not great, to be honest. Um, I tried to say, listen, you know, can we try and sort this? Um, But that wasn't happening. And a couple of days later, we arranged to meet again and um, to discuss the issue. And I vowed that this time I would not speak until... I fully understood what the other person was saying. And what I vowed to do was to repeat back to the other person what it was I thought they were saying, just to clarify. And in essence, although the first time I thought I understood what they were saying, I missed an enormous chunk of information. And what they meant was similar but certainly not what I thought they said. And the result of that was we had a fairly significant miscommunication. My response was probably too strong because I'd missed some of the information. And although when I left the original conversation, I thought I was completely right and spent the next 24 hours Rationalising in my own mind why I thought I was correct and why the other person wasn't and what a disaster it was and blah, blah, blah. And, and um, only when I took a second view, i.e. the person looks in their bag and sees their cookies and realises that actually it wasn't the other person, it was them. And I can certainly recognise that. And I think it's an, um, a brilliant piece of... Poetry, a brilliant, brilliant piece of information that actually allows us to laugh at ourselves, smile at ourselves and say, listen, we're only human. But how distinctly possible is it that our view at this particular time is certainly not the view of the other person, but and it's also not the only view. And by sticking to that, we may well be setting ourselves up for not necessarily failure, but we're, we're missing out on some great advantages. So, you know, the lesson for me, or for me from this is, you know, be prepared to take another look and assess your own position and your own thoughts and revisit. Um, and maybe initially don't be too keen to pass judgment, even if you're pressed to do so. But I think it's a wonderful, a wonderful thing. So it's Valerie Cox, the cookie thief. Um, I think it might have actually been in the Chicken Soup for Soul series. So um, yeah, wonderful. So there you are on your journey. You, you found a meaning in your life and you're building a bridge and uh, you completely think you're right in doing what you're, you're doing. And uh, then somebody comes and steps on your toes and um, you get all upset about it and bent out of shape. And um, then you realise actually... It wasn't them. It was you. So what are you going to do about it? Well, that brings me on to the the third thing. And this little story, um, again, I heard it. can't remember when, but I thought, do you know what? That's absolutely great. And the story goes something like this. That there's a parent. And um, so there you are. If you're a parent, you'll get this. And you're sitting there. And... uh, the little little child comes up to the, to the dad and the other mom and and, and the mum's or the dad's sitting down at the table and um has got like an hour and a half work to do because they're working from home and it's a school holiday and they think right if i can get this hour hours work done i've got these emails to do i've got this project to just recheck and sign off and then the day will be free and myself and little johnny we can go out and we can go to the park. We can go to the zoo. We can go and have some fun together. But I just need to get this done. So school holidays and sits down, computer switched on, coffee ready, and little Johnny comes up and said, um, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, come on, let's play, let's play, let's do this." Um, okay, son. Just if you just go and go and play for a little while, and um, I'll I'll come I'll be with you shortly. But you know we, I need to do this before we play. So five minutes goes by and little Johnny comes back. Daddy, daddy, I'm ready to play now. And okay, let, just just go away and go upstairs and find something else to play with and then um, we'll be with you shortly and we'll, we'll all go down to the park and we'll have some great fun. But I just need to do this now. Three minutes later, little Johnny's tugging at daddy's leg. Mummy's leg. Daddy, are you ready now? Can we go out now? So dad thinks, right, what am I going to do here? So he thinks, aye, ah, I know what. And he looks across the table. I'm on the table he sees a magazine that was there from last Sunday and it's been unread. But he sees on the back of this magazine a picture of the world. So he thinks, right, I know what I'll do. So he says to little Johnny, Johnny, what's this? And he says, it's a picture of the world because teacher showed us in class this week. So he gets this magazine, tears the back page off and he tears the picture of the world into lots of little pieces and he puts it in a in a in a pile and hands it to little johnny and says right johnny what i want you to do is i want you to show me how clever you are and i want you to put this picture of the world together in its right place so it looks like a picture of the world and when you've done that we'll go and play and he thinks to himself oh brilliant I've got at least an hour so off he sends little Johnny he's got all these little pieces of paper in his hand that make up the, the world two minutes later two minutes later little Johnny's there pulling at his dad's leg he hasn't even started his project review he says daddy daddy I've finished daddy daddy I've finished I've definitely finished honestly daddy I've finished and dad thinks do you know what there's absolutely no way he's finished he says daddy honestly I promise you I'll finish come and look come and look come and look so he thinks I've got to have a look I'm so frustrated with this I need to get this work done I'm going to have a look and I'm uh, he's getting crossed by this time so he goes and has a look at this and he looks down he says but you'll have to have a look daddy daddy you'll have to have a look under the table he says what do you mean he says well have a look under the table so they've got a glass table and little Johnny's been kneeling on the chair at this glass table and he's on the facing up. So he's facing down. He says look under the table daddy. So daddy gets on his knees and looks up under the table at the the side, the underside of the table, the glass table. And he looks up and he can see the world is perfectly together. The countries are in the right positions, the oceans are in the right positions. The the earth's spherical. And he thinks this is impossible. It's taken him two minutes. He's in a primary school class and he's done that in two minutes. And he said, Johnny, how on earth have you done that? He said, Dad, it was easy. Come and have a look. So he says, you'll have to stand up, Dad. So Dad stands up from looking under the table and little Johnny points to the top of the table and the other side of the pieces of paper. And he said, look, Daddy, it's a man's head. And he said, I worked out that if I put the man's head together, that the world would be right. So his dad went over to his computer, shut his computer off, and went out to play with little Johnny. And how many times has it taken us to find out from a source that the most powerful wisdom and the most meaningful things can often come from sources that we don't expect. Because that's one great thing that that story kind of told me. What do they say sometimes? Out of the mouth of babes. Yeah, yeah. And the moral of the story, obviously, is it doesn't matter what your situation, it doesn't matter what your circumstances, because ask Alexander Solzhenitsyn, ask Nelson Mandela and ask Viktor Frankl, just to name three phenomenal, heroic individuals from history. No matter what your circumstances, no matter what befalls you, if you get your head right, the world will be right, and all it takes is that shift. But how difficult sometimes is that shift? So, yeah. So there we go. I think that was a that was a another key key little bit of wisdom that. Um, I wanted to share with you because it's such a, such a great little story. And I think as parents, we can all relate to that. Um, but yeah. And finally, the I think this is going to be no surprise. This was voted. This was voted the nation. And obviously, I don't know whether that was England or United Kingdom. But it was voted the nation's favourite poem. And I think if you are from the UK, um, you may well know or guess what this is already but um, it was and uh, it was certainly not his only piece of work because he was an absolutely prolific prolific writer of phenomenal wisdom and it's Rudyard Kipling and it's If and within the lines of If is so much wisdom that it's almost hard to hard to, um, hard to explain really Um, But this man, obviously, as well as being just a magician with words and a wonderful, wonderful writer, basically seemed to have it sussed out, really, in terms of dealing with the challenges of life um, and, and explains them and explains the human predicament in such a beautiful way. And I think that's probably why it resonated, or it resonates with so many people and has done for for so many years, and why it is such a a favourite piece of literature. So, here we go, it's If, by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs, and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowances for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies or being hated don't give way to hating and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise if you can dream and not make dreams your master if you can think and not make thoughts your aim if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools. If you can make a heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss, and lose and start again at your beginnings, and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nervings in you to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold on when there's nothing in you except the will my son I don't really think I need to uh, extrapolate on on what that means it means so many things to so many people I think it's a wonderful wonderful a wonderful thing to to be able to refer to and, and look back on and um, so many lessons in there um, but yeah I thought I'd share those share those those four things with you that that um, m- have meant so much to me um, and I do refer to them often in, in In the times when I'm thinking, you know, things aren't going great and um, not getting responses I wanted and going through those, you know, fighting with reality situations where we all try and manipulate reality to the way we want it instead of um, gracefully and gratefully accepting the reality as it is and dealing with it as it presents to us. I I try and refer to, to those and ask them if I'm, or ask myself if I'm kind of acting in any kind of alignment with with what they say but um just thought i'd share those with you um not sure how they resonate with you but i hope you get something out of them and please feel free to go and go and check them check them out and print them off and um have a little look and uh, yeah if you if you feel yourself you've got some some gems that you'd like to share um please feel free to do so get in touch www.robrails.co.uk, leader manager coach let me know what you think. If there's anything particularly you'd like to discuss or you want to be covered in the podcast, again, more than willing to um, to consider that. This podcast is about sharing information. It's about sharing knowledge, about sharing wisdom so that you can get some value out of it so you can take things away and you can make your your journey to, to wherever it is easier and um, move on to, to where it is you want to move on to. But as always, thanks for listening. Um, we've got some some interviews coming up shortly and uh, some more great information so uh listen always appreciate your time and um i'll catch you later bye bye